You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for Tuesday. April 12th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly, certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Fires on Base, or Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter. And you can subscribe to the YouTube if you want to see me wearing my Locked On hat. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start rocking some more hats, right? There's one hat that I can't rock because it would annoy a lot of uh, Padres fans, I think. But there's one that's a is, – is it okay if I wear my classic New Orleans Hornets hat? Is that okay? It's, it's yellow. Uh, hopefully that doesn't annoy you guys. But check out the YouTube to see what my decision ends up being, guys. And also, of course, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode's a nice juicy one, all right? Why am I late on this? Because, look, content sometimes gets a little weird, man. I should have done it before the season, but we're doing it now, and that is because better late than never, right? And what that is, is we're going to be breaking down the Padres' starting pitching rotation compared to the rest of the National League West, determining who I think has the best starting rotation and maybe getting a little bit on the bullpen side of things, too, and just breaking it all down to see what the Padres have going up against them. So let's do it. What are we waiting for? Let's rock, everybody. Let's do it. Let's start first by talking about the Padres. Okay, the Padres this year, and I mentioned this on yesterday's episode, the Padres are expected to be a team that relies heavily on their starting pitching. Yes, you have your Manny Machado. Yes, you got the Mr. Luke Voigt. Oh, man, I'm so jazzed about that acquisition. Yes, you got Jake Cronenworth, and hopefully Trent Grisham can bounce back. But then, you know, you have the first baseman, you have Will Myers, who have struggled out of the gate and are probably expected to not be the best contributors offensively this year. And you have guys like Hassan Kim, CJ Abrams, who are good defensively, or at least, you know, at least Hassan Kim we know is good defensively. Abrams, hopefully that will translate from the minor leagues. You've got some question marks there. And then you've got Jorge Alfaro, and then you've got Matt Beatty. Just not a lot of proven stuff, especially with Fernando Tatis Jr. because of his motorcycle incident out of the lineup. So everybody is kind of, I think, in agreement that that's kind of the mold for the Padres. Dare I say, they can maybe be a better Marlins, right? Because unlike the Marlins, at least we have a couple certified stars in Cronenworth and Manny Machado, right? The Marlins, it's like, I mean, Jazz Chisholm's kind of interesting. I hope he's good, but might be a little bit too young to be, maybe a little bit more flash than you know, the merit so far, at least at the beginning, at least as of right now, it's the new year, anything could happen. And then you've got Jorge Soler and Avisel Garcia, a little bit better uh, of a lineup for the Padres than the Marlins. But in terms of like a better version of that, where that team's going to be counting on their starting pitching too. I think the Padres have a great rotation and it's primarily expected to be you Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, Sean Manaya, and Nick Martinez to start. Now, maybe those names weren't all Cy Young winners, right? They're not guys that are all in your Cy Young bracket, right? They're just not. Like, I get it, and it happens. But I just think that they're all really steady. And I think any rotation, they just made the acquisition of Shamanaya. I think that acquisition was slick. They gave up, you know, not too much, in my opinion, 
for the return. Eurebiel Angelis, I believe, was one of the prospects sent over. But I thought, you know what? Pretty cool. Pretty cool trade. Yes, it is only for one year, but nonetheless, Sham and I have been effective before. And who says he can't get better at his age 30 season? We've seen this before for guys when they move to winning teams and stuff like that. New change of scenery, they can get even better. And Manaya, what I like about him, he's capable of that big, big game. I love big game players who go out there. He's thrown a no-hitter before already. And I feel like he gets pretty close. As someone who for some reason has ended up with him in fantasy a lot over the years. I don't know why I ended up having this guy, but that's kind of what happens with Sean Manaya. And I think he's going to be great. And especially with Bob Melvin here, love that acquisition, right? And then you've got you Darvish, who really has struggled ever since the sticky stuff thing. But nonetheless, I still think you Darvish can bounce back and be pretty good. I've said all off season that would it surprise you if he returns to form? He's Hugh Darvish, man, and his stuff can still be electric, and he still gets a lot of strikeouts. Maybe with people like Niebla, with people like Bob Melvin, maybe they can get him to focus a little bit more on what he's good at with his with his repertoire, which he very famously uh, tinkers with, or infamously tinkers with nonstop. But in his first start against the D-backs, still did look pretty nasty at points, even if they were making decent contact with some of his pitches, and he did walk some. Darvish can be pretty good. I think even if he's just a B, that would be great for the Padres. And then you've got Blake Snell, who at the time of this recording, we don't know exactly what's going on with him. He left the game with left adductor tightness. I haven't gotten an update. I had to record episodes back to back. Sorry about that, guys. But uh, in theory, look at last year. Go look up his numbers. Ever since Larry Rothschild was let go and he just started focusing on his fastball and slider, highest strikeout rate in Major League Baseball among starting pitchers. He looked great. He had that great start against the Dodgers. That unfortunately the Padres didn't win. The one that I had to stay up until 5 o'clock in the morning for. But still had some big games. He was like a no-hitter guy. Like a perfect game guy at points. Right? Like he's awesome. Only weakness with him. Even if he's able to translate what we saw in August. One weakness with him I think is still always going to be inefficiency with pitching. There's going to be weeks when he has four innings. Could be four great innings, but there are going to be weeks where he goes four or five innings, maybe consecutive starts, and maybe isn't able to go six or seven because he nibbles sometimes with his batters, right? They're able to foul off his pitches and whatnot, and that's just what happens. Sometimes he doesn't always get them to chase. That's what we saw happen last year. Hopefully he can improve with a better coaching staff as well, but I still think a decent guy to bet on to bounce back. And then you got Joe Musgrove. <laughs> oh, Cotton Joe. I love this guy. And what I love about him... The most about last year, what I loved about him the most, Joe Musgrove, I'm going to pull this up actually, is a lot of the reason he started getting a lot more hype is because he was literally changing his pitch mix heading into 2020 during that season, throwing the curveball a lot more. Because for those unfamiliar, Joe Musgrove isn't a guy who overpowers you with stuff. And he's not necessarily a Zach Davies either, where he really just nibbles the same area. It's just that his movement stuff, his breaking stuff is so wiped out that he's been able to adjust for the fact that his fastball velo isn't exactly what's killing guys. And I am expecting him, a lot of people might say, oh, we have to see, is he going to be able to do it again? I am arguably the most confident thing next to Manny Machado being good this year is Joe Musgrove. I think he's going to be phenomenal. In his first start, nobody was making contact on his um, on his breaking stuff. I mean, they were just, he was just wiping guys off. I, granted, it's the Diamondbacks, but I think he's going to absolutely replicate it and he's going to be fantastic, all right? And then the last, and what I liked about him, by the way, I didn't finish my point was it, the curveball is his wipeout pitch, but he actually throws his slider a lot more. And so far he's been throwing his changeup. And last year, 
if I have it correct. Let's see. Last year, yeah, slider he threw about 27% of the time, and then his curveball was 23%, which compared to the year before, like he, everyone thought it was just going to be the curveball. Instead, he also perfected the slider a little bit and a sinker and a cutter. I mean, he does everything. So who cares if he doesn't throw the fastball all that much? He's got so many other pitches. And then for the rest of the rotation, guys, we have Nick Martinez, who is going to be a little bit weird. Uh, haven't seen his first start yet, but as a fifth guy in a rotation, hopefully the Padres see something with Nick Martinez. And that's why they were willing to make a multi-year commitment to him. He improved in Japan. Velocity went up a little bit. Got better as a pitcher. Granted, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical whether or not he can be decent. But in fairness, maybe not too much that he has to do. Maybe not too much that he has to do. Because he is expected to be the fifth starter. Right? So, that's not too bad, man. That's not too bad. But, uh, we have to talk about some of the issues with the Padres rotation before we compare it to the rest of the National League West, guys. And before we do that, let me talk to you about Bet Online. We're already eight minutes in. I didn't even realize how fast this was going. I just love talking about the Padres rotation, guys. What can I say? But like I said, I'm fully expecting Joe Musgrove to be awesome this year. I would put my money on it. And when it comes to money and all your betting needs, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season, obviously. All right, you can find everything you want. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Of course, guys, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Before we compare exactly to the rest of the National League West, and we're going to in just a second, Mike Clevenger is a name I haven't talked about, and Blake Snell are kind of in the same boat where they're both hurt right now. And that is what determines whether or not the Padres can have the best starting rotation. We're going to have to see how Mike Clevenger comes back from the IL and how much can he give us is this just going to be a total loss that I actually don't blame Preller for you can't predict Tommy John surgery you know what I'm saying is it going to be a total loss or can he at least give us this one year of pretty good pitching before he heads into free agency because after all at the time the Padres acquired him he had the fifth lowest ERA among qualified starters since 2017 so they acquired him in 2020 so since 2017 the fifth lowest qualified ERA I bring up when they acquired him, because he basically hasn't pitched all that much for the team. So I know that it sounds like I'm, you know, uh, cherry-picking stats, which I am to a degree, but that is because he literally hasn't pitched as much. And when he was pitching, he was one of the best, right up there with Verlander and DeGrom and Scherzer and all those guys, right? So that's the big question mark with the team. And then you've got Nick Martinez and whatnot. And I'm going to mention also why I think the Padres' rotation is going to be even better in just a second. But let's talk about the rest of the teams in, in the National League West. All right, let's start first with the Arizona Diamondbacks, who I think is going to have probably the worst rotation, uh, in my opinion, because I'm not totally sold on Madison Bumgarner. Just kidding. Obviously, I'm not sold on Madison Bumgarner. Uh, Luke Weaver, Merrill Kelly, Caleb Smith, who the Padres just roasted to a crisp uh, on the Sunday game. Absolutely lit him up for a grand slam off with Profar, Jorge Alfaro hitting home runs. He's not very good. Bumgarner at this stage of his career is not going to be good either. And Zach Gallant, in fairness, he's coming off some injuries, but he also struggled when he came back last year. Granted, it was uh, not too much of a showing, but even still, 4.3 ERA. So are we sure that he's going to be, you know, awesome? I, I just want to see it a little bit more 
in my opinion. A little bit more from Zach Gallen before we can say, I think he has the stuff, but I am wondering, you know, 23 game appearances last year. 43, you know, over a cost, uh, over the course of 121 innings, he did have a 4.3 ERA. Maybe he's still recovering from his injury, but I'm just saying, it does deserve to be brought up that he, you know, has... It's, it's taking him some time to reclaim his form. That's just what happens when you have injuries sometimes. But anyway, that's really the only plus pitcher they have. So in my opinion, Arizona Diamondbacks, the worst, San Diego Padres. Definitively, this ain't going to shock any of you that are listening or watching right now better than the Arizona Diamondbacks. In my opinion, the fourth place goes to the Colorado Rockies. As much as I would love to say the Los Angeles Dodgers right there, you can't. Right? The reason I put the Colorado Rockies there is because I actually think that they have some starters who can eat innings at least, that won't get totally torched. Guys like Kyle Freeland, Santazella, and Austin Gomber, who they acquired in the Nolan Arenado trade last year, or Austin Gomber in the 2020 season, he had a 1.86 ERA in 29 innings. And last year, 4.5, but it's been a little bit better, and he's a young guy, so I at least like that. And Herman Marquez, while the ERA doesn't show it, that is because it's really hard pitching cores. And in just his one game this year so far, seven innings, Zero earned runs allowed, if I'm not mistaken. How can I find his last start? Why isn't it letting me show Herman Marquez's last start? Seven innings, he'd allowed one earned run, my mistake, uh, with zero walks and five Ks against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Herman Marquez, his ERA is a prime example of why you can't just go to ERA when you're looking at starters. If he wasn't in Coors Field, and if he didn't have guys like Charlie Blackman and some of their other minus defenders that they've had there over the years... Then I think with those, like with the outfield gaps, I think Herman Marquez would be a, this sounds crazy, but a Cy Young candidate if he was not in Coors Field in either league, American League or National League. That's why it was, he's been propping up in um, trade acquisitions so much. He is capable of big games and against big teams, even at Coors Field. So, in my opinion, he's better than Zach Gallen right now. And I think that the, the rest of their back end guys can be pretty decent. And their bullpen with guys like Daniel Bard. Such a great story at 36 for him to come back and find success. I put them at fourth in the division. All right. But now we get to the juicy part. All right. Let's talk about the Dodgers and Giants. And first, let's talk about the Giants. Because the Giants are less hatred. I got, I'm going to save the Dodgers for last. Let's do it. The, the Giants have, in my opinion, I'm going to say it right now, just one of the smartest rotation People like they, they just know what to do with pitchers. I don't think that this is any breaking news, but Disclafani, Logan Webb, Carlos Rodon, Alex Wood, Alex Cobb, Sammy, Sammy Long. There is a lot of good stuff here. They even have a, a nice prospect in Camilo Duvall that's debuting. He's their closer. They got a lot of good stuff here. Yes, they lost Kevin Gosman. I understand people might be saying, What the heck, man? But they lost Gosman. They've they, they've minused. Yes, but that is also has to be taken into account that Logan Webb has emerged as a true ace. Yes, he hasn't pitched to all that much success, granted, over the time frame, but 3.03 and 148 innings last year, 158 strikeouts in those innings. His stuff is crazy, and he's gotten better and better. In his first start, he got six innings, gave up only one earned run on one on five hits, walked one, struck out three. I think Logan Webb's going to be awesome. I really do. I think he's going to be awesome. And then Disclafani, low-key. Very effective starter, and he was effective before the Giants even acquired him, by the way. It's just that in nine games for the Reds in the shortened 2020 season, he had a 7.22 ERA. And I think people let that swayed them and say, oh my god, he's nuts. Then last year, 3.17. Very sneaky, very underrated pitcher. And then you've got Carlos Rodon, who when healthy 
is sensational. And I'm recording this on a Sunday. His first start for the team, five innings, one earned run on three hits, two walks, and 12 strikeouts. When Rodon is healthy, I actually think, we talked about bet online before, he's a sneaky guy to bet on for the Cy Young, I think, in my opinion. Everyone's going to be dra- gravitating co- towards Logan Webb for good reason, a Walker Bueller who we'll get to in a second, some of the other guys like Max Fried, right? But I think Rodon, if healthy, wouldn't shock me, man. He was awesome last year when he was healthy, and I think it's totally legit. His stuff is wipe out. The health is what matters, so it's a lot of questions there. Alex Wood, for longtime listeners of the pod, was one of my top acquisition targets for the Padres. I thought he was going to be awesome. I want him or Alex Cobb. I wanted either Alex, and Alex Wood has been a steady starter, and I just think with the San Francisco Giants. Last year, 3.83 ERA over the course of 138 innings. I don't know totally that much info about him uh, off the top of my head. I just like, I think he's steady, and I like when the Giants bring in steady arms because they know how to make steady guys become great, right? That's what they've shown over and over again, uh, I think the Giants have. So I think everybody in that rotation, and Alex Cobb, the lax guy that uh, needs to be mentioned, another person that I thought could be interesting for the Padres' fifth spot, which I think is why my Nick Martinez came out, because I just like the idea of both Alex's and Tyler Johnson, for people who might be familiar with him, as the fifth starter, instead of a multi-year commitment to a guy that really struggled the last time he was in, in the MLB. But um, Alex Cobb, apparently, reportedly, we haven't seen him in his first start just yet. We're probably going to see him against the Padres. Hopefully, by the time you guys are listening to this, he just got absolutely lit up, and you guys can shut me up. But you know, uh, his velocity has been seeing an uptick. His highest that he's had in a long time, but since back in Tampa, from 93 to 97 is what they're saying. So he's very, very interesting. And I can't wait to see what happens there. And the last rotation, of course, guys, is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, not much needs to be said about Walker Buehler. In my opinion, out of every pitcher in this division, he is the best pitcher I think he's another Cy Young candidate. I think he's been awesome for basically his whole career. Yes, he hasn't had the wipeout year, but if you just look at the ERA, man, he had a 3.6, or I'm sorry, 2.47, 3.44, 3.26, 2.62. That's the ERA totals. I know I've only been going off ERA, and I know his strikeout numbers don't freak anybody out the way a, you know, a Garrett Cole does. But he's just as good. He had 212 last year, man. He had 215 in 2019. He's going to win a Cy Young at some point. That's my prediction. So in terms of just pound for pound, the best pitcher in the division, the Dodgers have that. But then it gets interesting. Julio Urias. He's always been a guy that is kind of viewed as, oh my God, how is this only like your third or fourth starter? That's an embarrassment of riches. And it's true with the Dodgers, but he's the number two now. Last year... 32 games, 2.96 ERA. Year before that in 2020, 3.27. He's always been steady. He's always had potential. Aside from 2017, he was a little bit weird, but I think Urias is great. Yes, he had a bad first start, all right? But in course field, that can happen sometimes. The, the Rockies love lighting up the Dodgers starters every now and then. We saw it happen to Kershaw for years every now and then. Two innings, six runs, but only three earned uh, for Julio Urias. I still think he's tremendous and probably better than most other starting pitchers in the in the, in the uh, division. But think things get interesting, guys. But before we talk about that, before we talk about that, I need to talk about Rock Auto, all right? Because they are reliable. Because that's a big thing with starting pitching oftentimes. You need reliability. Well, Rock Auto is the most reliable thing out there, man, because they can help you sense, wow, 
They can help you save up to 30, 50, and even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. For example, their Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353. But for, oh, I'm sorry. Ugh. Sorry, guys. This is what happens when you record too much and you get too excited. It's $353 from your chain store and only $216. For Mock Auto, guys. That's right. They are a family business. They've been serving people online for 20 plus years, guys. They've been killing it. They've been helping people out. Man, what are you waiting for? Go check out Rock Auto. And they have all the parts that you can need. And their catalog is very easy to navigate. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliability prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And of course, thank you guys for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Let's get into the juicy bit before where I give my my take on who I think has the best rotation or is going to have the best rotation in 2022. This is where I think it gets interesting. Clayton Kershaw is their number three starter. He's the first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no doubt. And he's a great guy to have as your number three. But... He's had a little bit of health issues that should be brought up, I think, when discussing the rotation, and he's lost a little bit. Now, don't get me wrong. Clayton Kershaw is still a very good number three, but it's worth bringing up. And what I mean is on a one-year deal, it would not shock me if we get a fine year from Kershaw. Maybe high three ERA, maybe a 3.7, 3.8, and maybe his strikeout stuff isn't there. Still going to be effective for them. He's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. I know he chokes in the playoffs, but he's a Hall of Famer. Still pretty good as a number three. But this is a stacked division. And then after that, Andrew Heaney, Tony Gonsolin, Bruce Dar Gratterall maybe, David Price potentially, although he's basically a reliever now. And then Danny Duffy. You got Danny Duffy in there, Caleb Ferguson, Tommy Canley, Dustin May, who's still recovering from an injury. I think Dustin May could be interesting. But bottom line is this. Andrew Heaney, the last time he was seen, uh, unfortunately was kind of getting, getting choked up and tearing at Yankee Stadium. I don't know what to expect out of Andrew Heaney. Maybe the Dodgers can make him better, but I don't know how much better, really. That's my thing. And then Tony Gonsolin, I mean, he throws hard, but are we sure he's going to be a really valuable back-end starting rotation pitcher? I don't know. I think that there are genuine question marks here, and I don't think these guys are as proven. So it's for that reason. I'm going to go bold, and in fairness, this is a game of inches. I think there is a very fair argument to be made that the best overall division in terms of starting pitching in baseball is the National League West. I, I do believe that. I do. I think that NL Central, yes, they have the Brewers, but the Cardinals, they decided that Steven Matz was the only thing they were going to spend money on. He got lit up in his first start. Jack Flaherty's still hurt, and they're counting on Wainwright to be able to be at 43 years old or whatever the heck he is to be the anchor of their rotation. I have my reservations, right? That's basically the only team with pitching in that division. And then the Cubs, uh, you know, Marcus Stroman, Kyle Hendricks, but you guys get my point. I really think that this is the best division for pitching in all of Major League Baseball. And I don't even think it's that bold to say. So remember, this is a game of inches. I have the Los Angeles Dodgers as number three by just a little bit, just a little bit as a complete rotation. Maybe it won't matter because of how good Urias and, and Walker Buehler are, but you know what? I'm going to be bold on here, guys. I haven't been bold enough lately. I haven't been giving enough takes for you and predictions. So I'm going to say third best rotation in baseball is the Los Angeles Dodgers, even if Walker Buehler ends up just winning the Cy Young this year. That's just my opinion. And then number two, I'm struggling. This is hard. But I'm going to go 
with the San Francisco Giants. All right? It doesn't make me feel great to say this, but I'm, I'm feeling bold. I'm feeling fresh today, guys. The reason I'm going with the San Francisco Giants, and then, of course, to coincide, the San Diego Padres for the best of it um, rotation in the National League West, is because I have a little bit more faith in the wild cards. I think that Orion Weathers, Nick Martinez, and most importantly, Mackenzie Gore, that is my big thing. I think that those three are a little bit more interesting as the back end lottery ticket, hopefully these, these guys can at least deliver something, than people on the Giants, in my opinion. It's very close. I think that the Giants guys are right there, but in fairness, Logan Webb it is basically last year the first breakout for him. And in fairness, Alex Cobb has struggled with staying healthy for a while. And in fairness, Carlos Rodon, same thing, right? That's the same thing. I think Logan Webb's going to be good. Don't get me wrong. I think Desclafani is going to be solid. But I could see a world in which they just have four Bs. While with the Padres, I think they can have an A- minus in Joe Musgrove and then a bunch of Bs and maybe even some really nasty stuff for Mackenzie Gore. I am buying the renaissance for Mackenzie Gore. I really am. I really am. And I know that sounds crazy. And I think Alex Wood's going to be great. But I do believe that that bullpen is also very good. I think their bullpen's going to be awesome. I think Camilo Duvall is going to be great for them. Um, I think the Padres' bullpen is going to be excellent too, by the way. So maybe even as a tiebreaker, I think that they're actually a little bit close because I think the acquisition of Taylor Rogers, brother of Tyler Rogers, of course, from the Giants, which that's going to be fun. I can't wait to see if like the two meet up before a game or something like that. I also think that Robert Suarez hopefully is going to get a little bit better. Hopefully the Padres could get Drew Pomeranz back at some point. I think that Luis Garcia, when he gets back, is going to be solid. I think they have some pretty decent bullpen guys. Denelson Lamette, I think he could be an interesting long-term, long-inning reliever. But even still, it's I understand if people think that the, the Giants bullpen is better, if you want to use that as a tiebreaker. But in my opinion, I, just, I really do see an A-minus season from Joe Musgrove. And I do see that even with the injuries, again, if we hear that Blake Snell is out for a while, maybe put that as an amendment to this. Because then I think you have to put the Giants ahead because we still don't know when Clevenger is coming back, right? If that is the case, if Blake Snell's out for a while, then I think right now you have to put the Giants ahead just because you know for sure that their rotation is healthy as of right now. But if Clevenger comes back, and from what I had heard from people he looked good in spring training. He looked good in training camp. The stuff was there. If he can be a decent guy as the back end of the rotation, that would be awesome. And if Nick Martinez, if we want to have hope